Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following story is an ongoing encounter, one that will be updated if I see anything else concerning or if you'd all like to hear a happy ending in which a man actually backs off when a woman expresses clear disinterest, but I am betting on the former. Anyway, this story begins with me attaining my first real apartment. It's cheap, and it's a little run down, but it's the first substantial space I technically owned, and I had been excited to experience true freedom and privacy for once in my life. So much for that. Not long after I moved into the quadplex, I came across my neighbor across the hallway, Greg. Pseudonym I assigned him. 
Greg had been doing God knows what when I had been struggling to lock my deadbolt when heading to work. He said, so you're the new tenant, huh? And talked with me briefly about how I could label the many keys offered by the landlord which had not really been my issue with the lock, but I didn't care to explain it to him. We had a brief, polite interaction before I hurried to work. I noticed Greg had been middle-aged, dressed a bit sloppily and somewhat awkward. But that's not what turned me away from him immediately. When I saw him next, he had been walking a large dog up the staircase, and I knew then that he had been the one who trailed stinky dog fur all over the hallway and did not clean up after himself. I hate people who make messes and just let them sit. I stopped being friendly with him. Now, while I may be a young woman, I am not inexperienced with predatory men, and I know the signs. I had a bad feeling after a few more interactions with him and decided to ward him off the best I could, but I made one huge mistake, I think. The first time he knocked on my door, not long after seeing me for the first time, I should mention he offered to let me borrow his washer and dryer, since the landlord said I did not own one. I wanted to say no since I did not want to owe this man in any way, but I barely had time to clean my apartment, work, and go to the laundromat. So I said yes and asked him to show me which ones were his. In the beginning, he came off like somebody who just didn't take care of himself or his space, but my alarm bells were blaring when he began ranting to me his life story. He started rambling about how he had been abandoned by so many women in his life, and how his ex-wife had been wealthy but kicked him to the curb. When he asked my age, I answered honestly that I'm 20, and he remarked that I had been the same age as his daughter, who oddly enough, also wanted nothing to do with him. He implied they were materialistic and didn't like poor men. With the sob story concluded, he mentioned that he had been the one to repaint my apartment, and mentioned that he never got to see the final product. I'm no dummy. I knew it was a ploy for me to welcome him inside my apartment, but no way in hell was I doing that. I finally managed to escape that diatribe, but not without an accidental peek into his apartment. I would confidently say he's a hoarder, and what makes it worse is that I doubt the dogs had any breathing room in a hoarder's two-bedroom apartment. I really wish I could help those poor dogs. Anyway, after this encounter, he began to knock on my door, often, with all sorts of weird excuses to get inside my apartment or hang out with me. I will try to recall each one, but there were many. Knock one. Answer the door, and he offers me old furniture he had furniture he hoarded, most likely to which I respectfully decline, and suggest he holds a garage sale. Knock two. Offers me to finish a bottle of wine with him. Again, I respectfully decline. Note that with his apartment so completely hoarded, he would have to go into mine, which I'm sure he knew. Knock three. After seeing me come home with my boyfriend to be fair, my boyfriend is a lot older and often gets mistaken for my father, but you'd think the latter would be more of a deterrent. He offers me half of a watermelon, unwrapped, in his bare hands and implies he just happened to have it laying around or something. I immediately said, no thank you, we just went grocery shopping and the fridge is full. A good excuse, considering he saw us carrying groceries when we passed by. Knock four. Offers me another gift, but I can't remember what. Knock five. 
I think I've been pretty clear so far that I am private and introverted, but he asks to chat. Again, I say no, I need to clean my apartment. Hint, hint. Maybe clean yours or the common area drenched in your dog's stenches and fur. Knock six. This one dialed up the creep factor several notches. At this time, I had just gotten out of the shower. At first, I ignored him completely, but he would not. Stop. Knocking. And might I mention, it's more like a police knock than a, I'm your friendly neighbor just stopping by, but you are not obligated to answer the door. Knock. Anyway, I have to rush to get my robe on, since he does not seem to be letting up any time soon. I put the chain on the door this time to send a clear signal of, you're disturbing me, and talk to him through the gap. Unfortunately, it didn't work. He says, I got something for you. And then he reaches through the gap in the door to forcefully thrust a pearl necklace in my hand. I really had to fight to not accept this one because he would not take it back. Who offers a pearl necklace to strangers? Who reaches through the gap in the chain door? There are many more, but you get the picture. At first, I thought maybe he had some social challenges, but the most recent incident assured me that he was aware. My boyfriend leaves to buy some wine at the supermarket on the next street over and crosses paths with him. Greg sees this as a golden opportunity too. Fold my laundry for me, which must have completed the dry cycle only a few minutes ago. He folded them into a neat pile, ignoring the hamper placed right next to his dryer, and presented them to me unannounced. Once again, he knocks on my door, and I ask if I had interfered with his need to use the dryer, but he doesn't answer that question. He offers the pile to me. I take it in a panic without another word. I dump it on the bed to rummage through and confirm my suspicions. He folded my undergarments, including the sexy lingerie. This strange man touched a young woman's undergarments without her permission. I'm freaked out and tell the boyfriend when he returns just one minute later. He's also pissed and reassures me it's not an overreaction. It's a breach of privacy that had been specifically timed when he left. If you come across my laundry in the dryer and you know I'm home, why the hell would you not just notify me that I need to take it out? I would gladly do so. I informed the landlord who promised he would talk with him, so we'll see what happens. Also, there's another 21-year-old woman just below me, but she's surrounded by family. Strange how I'm the one who's targeted for social interactions, living alone and all. Almost like he knows this behavior would be upsetting to loved ones. Update 625. Have not heard anything from the landlord regarding the situation. So much for that. I specifically asked him to inform me when Greg had been spoken with. Unreliable as usual. Greg has ceased knocking for now. I am not sure it's over. He has taken a hiatus twice in the course of two months, but eventually returned each time. I've also been with my boyfriend for the past several days, and he tends to avoid me when he is around. Let's hope he F's off for good and I can enjoy my much-deserved solitude and privacy in my first-ever apartment. In 2016, I lived in an apartment complex. The place was great and I had the best view overlooking the pond and treeline. The bitch neighbor that lived downstairs across the hall halls were open finally moved out and I was ecstatic to hopefully be getting a neighbor that didn't complain about everything. 
One morning I'm out cleaning snow off of my car and my new neighbor, who will call Buddy, comes out to warm up his car and clean it off. He introduces himself and comes to help me clear off my car. He was really nice. We made small talk. Single dad with two little girls close to my kids' ages, and we were both former military. I figured we would hit it off as neighbors. I thanked him for his help and headed out for work. I come home to a bag hanging on my front door with a card and a wine bottle vase filled with fake flowers doused in men's cologne. The card was apologizing if he came on strong that morning. He was just happy to meet me and gave me his phone number in case I ever needed anything. So I text him to say thank you and that he was fine earlier. Buddy says he preferred fake flowers because they last forever. Okay, that's fine. I'm not a fan, but it was a nice gesture. He asks if I wanted to come down for dinner. I thank him but decline. I had a hot date with some leftover hot wings. I figured he was just lonely and wanted someone to talk to. We've all been there. I learned about his medical discharge from the military, his divorces, and then he slipped in his dick size which is tiny but can make up for it in other ways. Smy. I made sure to slip that I was seeing someone into the conversation before calling it a night. I started getting dinner invitations two, three times a week. I always kindly declined. More cologne-drenched fake flower sug at my door at least every other week. I was home with the flu one day and got a text. Your car has been home all day and it's not your normal day off. This psycho had memorized my work schedule. Now he might have been weird, but his girls are the cutest little things ever. They would come over to play sometimes. One evening after the girls went home he started texting that his oldest idolizes me and wants him to take her shopping for clothes like mine. It was sweet, the only other woman in their life was their grandma. Supposedly she made some joke about him marrying me that he thought was hilarious and would bring it up often. My boyfriend and I break up LDRs are hard, especially when he can't keep his dick in his pants. Somehow Buddy finds out and starts laying it on even thicker, i.e. more fake flowers. I'm nice and play it off and tell him I'm not ready for a relationship. I get the kids a dog and so we are outside more than we used to be. He gets a puppy and is outside more than he used to be. Every single time I took Charlie out, he took his puppy out. He somehow always knew if I was out on my deck. He would take his pup outside to train, but would always end up right below my deck then, oop well hey, like he was surprised. One night I had turned the lights out and got into bed and I see him. He's outside in the dark, about 20 feet from my window, thank God. I was on the second floor, looking up at my window. I froze. WTF. He was out there for about five minutes. I closed my blinds and triple-checked the door was locked. I caught him doing that a few more times. He would secretly listen to my phone calls if I was outside and text me later about random things I said. More fake flowers. More dinner invitations. I strategically placed my kitchen knives so I could quickly grab them if needed. Baseball bat next to my bed. Awesome dog that would die trying to defend me. I started dating my now fiancé. Buddy was pissed. I didn't give him a chance once I was ready to date. Oops. My boyfriend came over often. Buddy started backing off. Soon he texted and told me that was moving back in with his mom. 
he was evicted for non-payment. I still see him occasionally in the grocery store, and I avoid him like the plague. About three years ago, I was 38 weeks pregnant. My husband and I lived in what we called our village. It was two dead-end streets off a highway with forests beyond the ends of the roads and a small local store at the corner of one street. We called it the village because our trailer park neighbors were my aunt, uncle, and cousin's trailer, and then my husband's brother and nieces. Then my grandma's house was on the next street over. My other aunt, uncle, and cousins lived with her at the time. My husband and I were 21 then. My best friend, Ray, was visiting from college and had spent the night with me. The next day, we decided to walk up my street down the highway past the store, then down my grandma's street and back through the woods to my house. This was to try to help get labor started as my pregnant belly was huge and my back hurt often. We were talking while I hobbled with her down the highway, when a white truck rode by rather slowly. I knew the speed limit was 55, and this dude had to be going like 30 miles per hour. Through the driver window I saw a bald white man, maybe in his 50s, rubbernecking at us. At this time it looked like there might have been someone else in the passenger seat. The truck was kind of old, but I didn't know the year, make, model, or see the plate. Ray was talking and unbothered until I said, Hey, that guy just went by really slow. I don't think that was anyone I know. She replied with something like, Oh, I didn't even notice that. We were halfway to the store less than two minutes later when we saw him coming back from the other direction. I said, That's him again, get in the grass. Since we were on what would have been his right side, we went down the slope of grass off the road. We are still in front of people's houses because the section of highway is lined with residences between the dead-end streets. He passes us slowly again, and when I turn to look behind us, he is slowing down even more, finds a spot, and starts to turn the truck around. I told Ray to run, so we ran. I was doing the best I could being super pregnant. We thought about going in the store, but decided to head for my grandma's up the other street instead. Her house was up the hill at the end, but it wasn't a long run. When we got up the hill, I looked back again to see his truck pulling into the store parking lot. We continued to run, got to my grandma's where she and my aunt were sitting at the table, and told them what just happened. My aunt made a police report. I was afraid to at first, thinking maybe I was paranoid. What if it was someone I knew, and they were trying to say hi, and maybe it was a waste of the police's time? Turns out there had been other reports of a man creeping around the neighborhoods. Someone in another trailer park down the highway reported that her kids were outside playing when a man emerged from the woods trying to lure one of them to him. They hollered for their mom, and supposedly she came out and threatened him so he ran off. It continues. A few more times we think we see his truck, but are not sure if it's him, since one of the residents also has a white truck. My family had yet to see the truck so they couldn't identify it. At some point when I wasn't home, a few of my cousins were playing outside. Their ages ranged from 10 to 15. This time the truck came rolling down our little street past them. He turned around at the end, came back up, and stopped next to them. They said he was trying to lure my 11-year-old cousin to the truck, but he said no, and they all ran back to my aunt's house. 
we had talked with the children about what was going on in the neighborhood lately. One more thing happened before the report stopped. I had my baby at 40 weeks. My husband, his friend, the baby, and I were home. Baby was about a week old. We got a call from my aunt at grandma's house that they had seen the man real up close and personal. My two female teen cousins were in their room. It was getting dark out, but for some reason my cousin went to open the blinds to the window, and there was the man squatting on the AC unit staring at them. They screamed and he jumped off and ran into the woods behind the house. My aunt called the police. My husband and his friend later went out with guns and flashlights to search for him, but did not find him. I believe he was parking his truck somewhere and then stalking houses from the forest. My husband and I actually used to walk through those woods and never had any issues as it was private land that we had permission to walk on. It also seems that this man did not have a preference for age or gender. He was looking for anyone he could get for whatever sick reason. There had been police sent to patrol the highway or sit on the side of the road waiting, keeping an eye out for him throughout those weeks, but they never caught him. I still wonder sometimes if he was someone from out of town and hope maybe somewhere he gets busted before something bad happens. We might never know. Edit to add, I forgot to mention that we contacted the store owner to see if he caught the truck's plates on his security camera, but you couldn't see the plates from the angle the man pulled through. This will probably get buried, but whatever. This happened a couple of years ago, so some details might be a bit off. My family and I used to live in some apartments and we lived on the top level. Our creepy neighbor lived directly below us. Creepy neighbor lived with his girlfriend who was the daughter of the landlady. Anyways, everything was fine the first couple of months and then shit hit the fan. We would hear creepy neighbor screaming and shouting about how me or my sister threw an empty tampon box at his window when we never did. We look below our porch and see the said box and I think he was going through our trash after we would throw it away. Next, he would claim that he put listening devices in our apartment and he could hear us talking bad about him. He was honestly psycho. We would complain to the landlady about him, but because that was her daughter's boyfriend, she wouldn't do anything so we decided to move away. We moved to the next city over which was about 30 minutes away. One day, a neighbor of ours told us a man was peeking through one of our windows, my bedroom window, and he gave us a description of the creepy neighbor. We immediately went to the police and told them that we think it was him, and we gave them the old address we used to live at. The last we heard from the cops was that he already had some charges against him, and he got deported due to those charges. A man moved in next door I was young, maybe eight or nine years old. I was super friendly with all of our other neighbors for the most part, so I went over to say hi one day when I was playing outside. He was really nice to me, asked me inside, and gave me a tour of his place. The only things that struck me were how much neon art he had old lit up signs and stuff like that, and that all of his blinds were always up. In the daylight, it made his house feel sort of strange. Anyways, nothing creepy happened when I went in there, but I told my parents that I'd said hi and gone inside about a week later when they were talking about him, and they very sharply told me never to go back in there. 
that started out with strange little things. If a single leaf from the tree on his front yard fell onto his driveway, he would hose down the whole thing. He looked super angry whenever he did it too, and would mutter to himself constantly about keeping things clean. He would show up to our door super pissed off and yell at my dad or mom about the plants we had outside of our kitchen window that were over the line into his driveway. They were not physically on his side of the property, but sometimes the branches of the birds of paradise would be in what he called his air. We came home one day to all of their pretty flowering heads having been chopped off. Later on, he would complain about our dog in the backyard. She was never actually left there alone, but he didn't like hearing us play there with her. We started finding spots along our backyard fence behind bushes where suddenly everything around it would die, and we'd see little chunks of wet dog food around there. We think he was mixing food with some sort of poison to try to kill our dog. I heard a lot of verbal arguments, but my mom would ask us to go into another room. One time I was outside and he tried to get into a fight with my dad on our lawn and he made us go inside, but I'd never seen my dad look that angry and protective and also a little scared. In retrospect things were clearly escalating with this guy. Then we moved away. I found out later that a big part of why we moved was because this guy had started making threats on our family, and my dad said that this guy wasn't the sort of man who a quick beat down would solve anything. I think what he meant was that this wasn't just some macho bullshit, but that this guy had real issues and that those threats were serious. A couple of years after we moved, my mom told me that that guy had lured his ex-wife to his house, shot her, and then killed himself there. She lived, but was paralyzed and in a wheelchair for life. It was only then that they told me about the fact that he had threatened me and my sister's life. It makes me feel really uneasy to think about myself as a little kid going into this guy's house and realizing that I was the only neighbor he let in there ever before he unalived himself. I can remember the neon signs and the layout of his living room where he unalived his wife with gun and himself. It makes it a little bit too real for me. Grateful my parents recognized the very real threat and moved us away and did a great job of keeping me and my sister from being traumatized by the secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. By it all, and not telling us until we were older. Living next to him was like residing in the shadow of a looming storm, unpredictable and fraught with a tension that clung to the air like a persistent fog. 
He was a man lost to his demons, consumed by the grip of addiction that seemed to dictate his every action, painting his life in strokes of chaos and despair. It began with whispers, stories that circulated in hushed tones about how he had beaten his girlfriend, a prelude to her sudden disappearance. No one knew what had happened to her, and as days stretched into weeks without a word, an uneasy silence fell over the neighborhood. That silence was our first indication that the man next door was not just troubled, but dangerous. Our encounters with him grew increasingly bizarre and frightening. He harbored an irrational fear of our chickens, accusing them of conspiring against him as they pecked and scratched innocently through his yard. But it was our dog, Bella, who bore the brunt of his growing paranoia. After she barked at something in his backyard, a natural reaction from any dog he poisoned her, Miraculously, she survived a testament to her resilience and perhaps a stroke of luck that the poison wasn't lethal. His hostility wasn't confined to animals. My mom bore the brunt of his verbal assaults, a barrage of words so vile and unwarranted that it left a permanent scar on our sense of safety. And then there were the stares, those unnerving, unblinking gazes that followed my sister and me whenever we stepped outside. One night, as I played in the front yard, I caught his silhouette looming in the darkness, watching me without movement or sound. Fear gripped me so tightly I could barely move, the memory of that night etching itself into my mind. His disturbances escalated, nights filled with his shouts echoing through the darkness, a repeated cry of F off that became the haunting soundtrack of our lives, playing over and over like a broken record. The law had already tangled with him stripping him of his license after a series of reckless acts, from driving without a license to hurling objects at neighboring houses and peering into windows under the veil of night. The story of how he broke his arm was one of many bizarre tales that circulated, a stark reminder of the dangers of his unchecked addiction. In the end, the decision to move became our only path to peace. Yet, even after we left, he attempted to reach out from the shadows of our past, lodging complaints about Bella's barking to the council, despite her being miles away for weeks. It was a final, futile attempt to disrupt our lives, a reminder of the shadow we had stepped out from under. Moving away didn't just mean a change of scenery, it was a rebirth, a chance to breathe freely without the weight of fear and unease. Yet the memory of living next door to him remains, a stark reminder of the darkness that exists, often hidden in plain sight, within the folds of any neighborhood. My story begins in 2014, when we had to leave our nice seaside apartment, which we really liked. With limited options, we settled on a house that had been divided into three flats, and we shared a small hallway with our neighbor. Even though the flat had a fresh coat of paint, it didn't take long for us to realize that there were numerous issues with the place. We found out that the lock on our back door was broken, which caused a big problem for us. We reported this issue to the agency, so the next day they sent a guy to fix the lock. While he was working, he asked me if I had met our new neighbor. I told him no, I hadn't. He said, he's a very weird guy, so be careful with him. Later I met him, and yes, he looked strange. I couldn't tell if he was 30 or 60, but he was always quiet and polite. One day, funny enough, it was April 1st, and we came home from work, my boyfriend and I. 
Our neighbor and his friend were leaving the house as we arrived. We were expecting friends to come over that evening, so we cleaned the house. Then, after finishing the cleaning, we sat down to relax. Suddenly, I heard a weird banging noise coming from the neighbor's flat. It was quite strange, especially because it was April Fool's Day, and we weren't sure if it was some kind of prank or if something unusual was really happening. Someone was walking down the stairs, and it sounded like they dropped a really heavy bag. But then I heard it again and again. I thought, they can't be this clumsy, but I didn't worry too much. Right after this, I saw my friends coming in through the window. When I went to open the main door for them, I saw something shocking. There was blood everywhere, even a bloody handprint on our door. I told my boyfriend, there's blood everywhere. He said, close the door. Then my neighbor calmly said to me, I stabbed the woman who usually comes to see me. The woman was lying in the middle of the road in front of the house, not moving at all. At that time, the ambulance and the police came to the place. They took my neighbor, closed the house, and even blocked the whole street. Then, they told us we couldn't use the hallway because it was a crime scene, so we had to stay in the house for a while. I also saw blood coming down from the drain pipe in the backyard. About five weeks later, the police came to our door. They wanted to know if we had seen our neighbor because he had left the hospital, and they were worried about our safety. They told us to call them right away if we saw him. The hallway light had been broken for a while, so I asked my boyfriend to fix it, as I didn't want to accidentally meet the neighbor in the dark. But later we discovered it wasn't working because it was connected to the neighbor's electricity, which was turned off. While we were in the hallway, the neighbor opened his door to see what the noise was. We were surprised. When did you get home? We asked. We didn't hear you come in. Then he said, I didn't use a key, that's why. If you ever lock yourselves out, just let me know. I can open the doors for you too. I think this was the moment when we were really scared for our lives. He told us he came home because he felt perfectly fine and didn't think he should be in a mental hospital. Then he said he didn't want to kill the woman. He just stabbed her in the leg because she made him angry. The police never told us anything for sure. They just mentioned it was almost like a murder investigation. We went back to the flat, and we were too scared to even call the police because it would be obvious that we reported him. Later that day, the police came and took him with them. They scolded us in front of him because we hadn't reported his actions. After that, we never saw our neighbor again, and even now, I'm not sure what happened to him. The other problems in the house got worse too, so we moved out as soon as we could. I don't know my neighbors. I'm not exactly a social butterfly and my hours are strange, so I couldn't even tell you my next door neighbor's name. My social media is locked up tight and it's under a different name. What I'm saying is nobody in my neighborhood knows me beyond an occasional wave. A few months ago, I was sitting in my bedroom and overheard two of my neighbors talking outside my window. They were discussing some damage done to one of their properties and trying to figure out who might have done it. One of the women said something along the lines of, well, it wouldn't be the woman who lives here. She. And she then proceeded to spout off this ridiculous amount of information about me. My age, my marital status, the details of my recent divorce, what my work schedule is, 
what my goddam sleep schedule is, my religion. She even knew private information about my mother, who has only been to my place a couple of times. I don't know this woman, I've never spoken to her, but she knows things about me that she has no way of knowing. I have no idea how. Now every time I see her, the hair on the back of my neck stands up. My neighbors grow pot in their backyard, which isn't that uncommon since we live in California. One night someone robs them for their plants and apparently hopped the fence into our yard to make their escape. So neighbor dude, thinking we having something to do with it comes banging on our door at 3 a.m. He's screaming about how he's gonna chop us all to pieces and burn down the house with us inside. It was pretty freaky. Cops were called, he denied everything and apologized the next day. That didn't stop him from telling the entire neighborhood we robbed him. Thanks dickhead, still getting looks to this day. I had this neighbor who had like six white astro vans in his front yard which was creepy as f. He had about a half acre of land that he never tended to and the entire plot was just weeds. One summer the weeds grew so big that you oils barely see his house. I woke up early one morning about 6 a.m. and I hear a weird-ass noise and I couldn't figure out what it was until I went into the bathroom and it got louder with a certain burning smell to it. I look out my bathroom window and my weird-ass neighbor was burning the weeds away in a huge-ass burn pile. That's normal for rural areas and such, but this idiot had no control over this fire as it was like a really tall flame surrounded by tall tumbleweed-like weeds. I woke up my parents to show them that idiot, and we all had a good laugh about it. But things could have gone south quick. I've had a neighbor kill and dismember his roommate in the upstairs bathroom late one night and stored his body parts in the refrigerator in the garage. I had another neighbor right across the street from me that held the Columbia Sportswear chairwoman hostage for ransom. I also had another neighbor in the nearby cul-de-sac that unalived himself in the garage and laid there for at least a year before anyone even discovered him. I still remember when the cops opened the garage door and you could smell his body from a long ways away. Oh and a couple weeks ago someone just down the street completely destroyed their house and car because they were having some sort of PTSD episode. He's an Iraq war veteran or something like that. Not that old, but I remember I came home from work one night, it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm hearing sounds of glass smashing, things flying out the window, and a kitchen stool being sent through the windshield of his car. He demanded that someone called rescue rangers or whatever because he needed a heart transplant. I have pictures of the house. He wrote all this crazy shit on his front door with a sharpie before they took him away to the loony bin up in Washington or whatever. In my house growing up, we had a little apartment in one side that my dad rented out. It was barely big enough for one person. Small living room, bedroom, tiny kitchen, and bathroom. That's it. One year we had this guy living there, I'll call him um. M was about 25 years old. He was a weirdo. He would sometimes just look at you and start laughing for no reason and other odd stuff like that. But whatever, he didn't bother us. My dad let him move in. 
about a month later, a much older, probably late 50s woman moved in. That's when it got weird. M introduced her to some members of my family as his girlfriend and others as his mom. We would hear them at all hours of the night and day watching TV and literally howling with laughter. We weren't even trying to eavesdrop, but we had no choice but to hear their conversations because they spoke so incredibly loud about the weirdest things. At one point my dad went in there to do a repair on something, and he happened to notice that they were sleeping in bunk beds. Still unsure whether this woman was his mother or girlfriend, we were very confused. One day they just picked up and left. I accidentally moved into a hippie commune. I say accidentally because I moved in in March when it was too cold for them to be out much. When summer came, it was like living at Burning Man. Hippies came from all around and hung out 24-7 at the pool. They did lots of drugs, drank heavily, started fires, blared music at all hours, danced naked, oh, and they were mostly old hippies. They would leer, they trashed my yard while I was out of town, and two of them assaulted one of their girlfriends, who was so stoned she didn't even know what day of the week the assault happened. One of them was a registered S offender illegally living there in his RV because we were across the street from a school. The FBI and D raided one of my normal neighbor's house because the hippies were shipping drugs to his address via FedEx and grabbing them before he got home. I was so glad to move out of there. Tom. Tom lived in a small bungalow at the back of our share house. Me and five friends, mostly ladies, shared a huge house that was falling to pieces. On the third night, I was finally unpacking the last of my belongings, and it was just about midnight on a Wednesday when the police knocked on my door. I was worried as I had music playing and was at the front of the house. The police ask for Tom and begin to enter before I tell them he is essentially on a separate property, and we don't know him they assumed we did and were pretty rude. He turn off the lights in the kitchen and look through the kitchen window and watch the police knock on his door. I sit down to avoid being seen and listen to him be taken away. I assumed he was on drugs because he made lots of jokes. When I go upstairs I see they have taken him in an ambulance. We all speculated drugs or mental health, but just let it go. Then my housemate met him out the front. She was going to bring her drum kit in from her car, so he offered to help and she pretended that she was leaving them in her car for later. He proceeded to show her a knife wound in his stomach. She did not provoke this conversation or set it up in any way. Then we had a house party. Everyone was in the kitchen, and we hear violent screams of things like, I'm going to kill you, etc., and the sound of a man crying hysterically. We took the party upstairs and didn't hear from him again. This part is my favorite. My housemate was doing an assignment for university at 2 a.m. when she hears a knock at the door. She gets up and opens the door like an idiot and a young girl is there. Basically, she discovers the young girl met Tom eight months ago at the traffic lights near our house, and at 2 a.m. eight months later, she decides to hit him up on an offer of weed and beer. The girl proceeds to go around, meet with Tom, and go inside. My housemate turns off all the lights and goes upstairs where she can hear digging coming from his backyard. We saw a few girls come and not always saw them go, so that always gave me the creeps. 
He ended up getting a girlfriend and her son set our bins on fire. Eventually he moved out and so did we. Weirdest part was that we always imagined him as a creep, but he was actually super hot. He used to wash the dishes shirtless and look into our kitchen. Good times. As a kid, I recall a teenager across the street who would play the drums, loudly, without much rhythm either. They didn't have a C so the windows were open all the time, strange for Houston in the 80s, but it was a slightly shady and low-income part of town. Next door was an abandoned house with pot-smoking squatters inside. One day during a ton of offbeat drumming, I see a man from the pothouse walk across the street to the drummer's house with an effing rifle in hand. Shaggy opens the door without knocking and walks in nonchalantly. Drums stop. Shaggy walks out and returns to pothouse. I never saw any cops called. That was how they handled issues back in the day. Guy claimed to be the illegitimate son of a prince of Egypt but lived in a shitty suburb in Northern California one day got it into his head to make nunchucks. I don't mean like pieces of wood with a rope between them. Sued steals a shopping cart, cuts the handlebar off with a torch, then cuts that in half and proceeds to weld a chain between each half. Also, he's 13. Both his mom and his stepdad are white as F. Normal suburbanites with normal white kids' parent jobs. Meanwhile, their kid has got him welding skills. Maybe there's something to his Egyptian print stories he showed me when he was done. He even rather artfully wrapped black electrical tape around each side so they even looked badass. But seriously, steel and aluminum tools of serious potential death. Crafted in a garage by a 13-year-old when nobody was looking. I guess not really creepy, but looking back I suppose I'm lucky my high school didn't get shot up. I lived in housing projects as a child 4th-5th grade, and we had a neighbor that was an older woman, probably in her 50s, that had a son probably in his 20s. From the very first day I met this guy, I knew he was weird. He was really slow and creepy. One day my little sister was playing outside and he came up and started talking to her. She was probably about 7 or 8 years old at the time. There was an abandoned swing set in the creepy guy's front yard. But the swing had been taken off, so it was practically just a pole you could climb and sit on. We used to do it all the time as kids. He continues to take my sister and put her on the pole, where she hung by her arms, and then pulls her pants down. But thankfully my mom came outside and seen it before he could go any further. She screamed at him, and my sister jumped down crying while the guy ran inside. My mom goes over there after calling the police and confronts his mom with a baseball bat. We made a report, but the court said there was nothing we could prosecute him for because he actually had papers stating that he had mental disabilities, autism, or something like that. So there was nothing that could be done. That shit sickens me to this day. In my opinion, he should have been arrested like anyone else. But I live in small town, USA, where the law rules everything. He was so creepy. They moved a few months after that incident, but I'll never forget it. We had this neighbor who moved in next door to our house. 
Every time I came out of the house to get my bike to let the dog or just water the garden, he would wolf whistle, wink at me, tell me how beautiful my body was and do other gestures. I was between 13 and 14 at the time. If my parents were around, he would act like a mature adult, not a pedophile. So my parents couldn't really do anything against him. But after my birthday, my dad gave a brand new pocket knife, told me how to use it and only use if I'm in trouble. So I got backyard later and their mister doing all his crude gestures. I just take out the knife and show it to him. He stopped bothering me after that and moved away after a month. We had this old lady whose house sat pretty far back at the end of a long driveway. We could see her house from our backyard, but it was blocked by quit a few trees. But for some reason she was constantly calling my parents and tattling on me and my brother for doing things we probably shouldn't be doing. Like jumping on the trampoline during a thunderstorm or climbing up a tree while my brother threw bouncy balls at me. Then one day she invited us all over for a BBQ. I went inside to use the bathroom and snuck into her bedroom because I heard she had a large collection of beanie babies. But then I noticed something that still creeps me out to this day. There was a chair facing one of the windows with some binoculars sitting on the windowsill. The window faced our house. That's how she always caught us, because she was always watching. Oh, I didn't even think of my neighbors now. I live in a triplex. One guy next to me and my fiance is a veteran, doesn't leave much blast super loud techno at 3 a.m. almost every night for the past two years. Had to put a rug on our wall to block out the sound of his hardcore masturbation or whatever the F those sounds were. Guy on the other side of us is a lil off too. At first he ran a martial arts studio out of the bedroom and he lived in the kitchen or living room really small place. One bed, one bath, living room or kitchen with a bar and 800 square feet. He decorated our flower bed with badly spray-painted martial arts trophies and Buddha statues. Also put a huge banner on our shared deck for his martial arts studio. Became a huge joke to everyone who came to my house. Don't think he got much business, though. We're in rural Appalachia in the middle of the mountains in the outskirts of the nearest town, so he shut that down pretty fast. Now he just practices guitar really early in the morning which usually wakes me if my fan isn't on. But hey, at least the guy is doing things to better himself. Can't hate on that. God only knows what they hear from us too. <laughs>